Diana Kastenbaum. <laughs> Diana Kastenbaum. Diana, the legendary Diana Kastenbaum. Yeah, legendary. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so, Diana, you uh, are from Batavia, where we sit right now. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting in this amazing house with quite a history. Yeah, it's uh, over 100 years old. It was built by Ian Rowell mm -hmm. in 1914. And he was a big manufacturer of paper boxes, pill boxes, and cosmetic boxes here in Batavia. So this was the house that he built actually for his second wife. He murdered the paramour of his first wife on another street, on Bank Street. Um, so it was quite a scandal, but not in this house that did the murder take place. So this is, he was acquitted. He was acquitted and, uh, you know, it was all men jury, and the jury of his peers, he was a big industrialist in Buffalo. And it actually made the New York Times. The so story yeah, of the yeah, it was covered in the New York Times. And the the man he murdered was from a lawyer from Utica, and his um, he happened to be the great great grandson of um, President John Adams. Wow! So yeah. what? A, it's what quite a history. But I mean, yeah. you have quite a history here too. Your family mm -hmm. and and they operate. A long-established business here. Your father started it, right? Right. So it's a it's a tool and die casting company. It's called Pinnacle Manufacturing Company. It's a zinc and aluminum die casting company. And my dad worked in in um, the his brother's company after World War II. My dad was in the Navy, and after he came back from the Navy, he worked with my uncle to build up that business. But he didn't own that company. And then um, he started this company. Uh, pinnacle for his three children. And your your husband is uh, he's a totally different career. Right? Oh yes, he's, he's, a, a, he's an actor and a comedian, working actor and comedian. Hey Elaine, listen, if you smell anything decaying in the trunk of his car. Uh, grew up in the Bronx and uh, his name is Hiram Caston. He doesn't go by Kastenbaum, it's a little too long. So it's Hiram Caston is his stage name. And uh, so it was very confusing, you know, to some people on cast upon cast. Yeah. But he, uh, so he's an actor and a um, uh, comedian, and he, he performed all over the country. And but like, and like you, he has a great ability to communicate. Oh, yeah. He's a Which great, you just, you just met, just him, met him, so you, you had a little conversation about baseball. And, and yeah. he's fun to talk to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had a radio show here in Batavia. And uh, it's the, we're no longer on it. We're canceled from the radio show. But so. you had a, it was called Breakfast in Batavia. Uh, Batavia After Breakfast. Oh, Batavia After Breakfast. Right. So it was like midday. Yeah. And uh, mid-morning, rather. Uh -huh. And uh, you did that for several years. Yeah, right? a couple of years. And then when I ran for Congress, I couldn't do it. So then after I lost, I came back and, you know, joined him on the radio station. Then you... You were away from Western New York for a long time. You were in California. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was born and raised here and went to high school in Genesee County um, in Alexander, Alexander Central School. And that's a little village about 300 near Attica, for those who don't know. And so I, I was, um, after high school, I went on to college and uh, graduated with a degree in theater, in speech and drama from the Catholic University so of America. So that explains it. So you, you both have a bit of a... Yeah, I was an actress in New York. So that's so. why you met, because yeah, you were there. Okay, I see, I yeah. see. And then you both moved back here because you missed your hometown. You wanted to be part of the family business, right? Well, we were married in 1986, and we lived in New York for about a year. And then um, he had wanted to pursue his, um, his 
TV career. Right. And I said the best place to do it is LA, so we moved out to LA a year after our marriage. And then uh, we stayed there for 25 years. And he had considerable success. He was, oh, yeah. yeah. He was a working actor. He's, so, he's, yeah. he's, uh, he was on the Seinfeld show. Yeah. And he, he, he did a lot of... He, he grew up with those comics. I right. mean, those are his buddies. You know, Seinfeld There's and Reiser Pierce. and Larry Miller. Right. Yeah. So they all... We all hung out at the comic strip together. I mean, that was sort of our home base and Catch a Rising Star and the Improv in New York. So those were the three big clubs. And after I finished work, I'd meet him and... You know, we'd all hang out at the bar, and <laughs> I'd, I'd sit through many a late night set. And, well, and that was uh, a, that was an era where stand-up comedy was really oh yeah, the was, age. Was, yeah right. It was the but in those days, in the early days, in the early late seventies, early eighties, um, you know, comics didn't get paid. It was like car fare, yeah. cab fare. Right. Just to get cab fare was enough. They could drink at the bar for as much as like you know as all they wanted. It wasn't like twenty million for a Netflix. Special. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. no. And so they would pick up gigs on the weekends. And so he would be out in Long Island or New Jersey or upstate New York, and he would pick up money that way, and then he would always come back into the clubs. And then he was also the uh, regular MC at Dangerfields on Sunday wow. nights, and that's where, um, you know, he put Ray Romano on the stage there. And so he's, yeah, he, he's been doing this for quite some time. So you're back here. You're a business person. You have been. You've been. You ran for office. You ran yeah. for the same seat I ran for. Yeah. And can we talk about that a bit? Sure. So you ran against Collins. And, and 2016. Right. Timing is everything. Everything. <laughs> yes, it is. Your timing was great. Yes, Mine was, was lousy. <laughs> it was. But I mean, you still put up a great fight. Well, I tried. I think I want to say you were fighting him before you ran too. You were vocal. You were the reason why you ran is because you felt. Someone had to stick up to him. I had my eye on that race in 2008, and I was working for Hillary uh, in on the West Coast, and I knew I was coming home someday. And it's your hometown, um, yeah, right. And I was, I was actually, um, I was the her staff car driver in the Secret Service motorcade. But you were, yeah. So I drove 80 miles an hour on the 405 with her staff, to keep clutching, her. clutching you know, the car. Right. And uh, yeah, and I had to be clear about the Secret Service, and so we would go in. I would meet her at Van Nuys Airport with all the, the motorcade, and it was a very interesting volunteer gig. Right. And so I met her there, uh, and you know that just I was a politics. Uh, I minored in political science I when I was in college. It was also during a very active period in this country from. You know, the 1969 to 73, right. and so that was the Vietnam War. You know, uh, all of the moratoriums in Washington were there while I was going to school. So uh, when I when I got to meet her, it sort of rekindled. Uh, yeah, I I always liked this. I wanted to do it, and so I had my eye on the seat, but I knew I had to come home. I knew I had to. Um, run for office, which I did. I ran for a local office. I ran for city council at large here. There were three spots open, and Republicans swept it. Right. So that was but, in but 2013. You also, your, do you also have your eye on Collins? You I had my eye was, on Collins. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you knew he was problematic. I knew he was problematic. I, I, I may have been a little naive, I think. You know, 
Oh gosh, I'm oh, sorry. Okay, no worries. That's my daughter calling. No worries. <laughs> so. And you have one daughter who is also involved in politics a little bit, right? Yeah. She worked for, can I say or no? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're worked, very proud of it. She worked for Senator mm -hmm. Schumer. Mm -hmm. Right. And then she's a... Uh, she was uh, Senator Schumer's press assistant in the Capitol, in the leadership office for two years. And she worked for your congressional campaign too. Yes, and she was on my congressional campaign. So, And she also worked, very interesting in love, she went to Cornell and she worked for um, Savante Myrick, the very young mayor right. of Cornell. Who's very popular. Yeah, so she worked for him too. So she's been, since very young age, and she's only 24 now, right. but you know, quite a little And then she had an intense experience on your race too. Yeah, that was, that was a, it was a little hard. I wouldn't recommend using, and she would say the same thing, I wouldn't recommend family being involved in a campaign. Right. You know. Because there's, there's Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, and... And you never get a break either because she's with you all the time. Well, that was the good thing. Oh, okay. Because I, I didn't, you know, finally we were together after all this time, driving all around the district. Spending all that time oh, together, yeah. right. And it was, it was, I had been with her in, you know, many, many years. So it was but day in I, and day out. I got to ask this, and I got to say this to you as someone who was in the same position. I ran against Collins and people told me this same thing they told you, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time. It's unwinnable, and in, in, in my era, he was less popular because mm -hmm. he started doing more and more nasty things, and then he was indicted. Yeah. But even before he was indicted, he was much less popular. Mm -hmm. When you ran against him, believe it or not, for the people listening, he was popular and respected. So why did you take on that risk? Because most people who run in politics never run unless it's a sure thing. I didn't like what he stood for. You know, I mean, I have progressive ideas. And uh, I just, I didn't like all the things that he, I actually, he didn't put much on the floor when he was a congressman. I mean, right. I don't know that he even sponsored any bills. He's just I thought he was pretty ineffective. He's been responsible for two, uh, the renaming of post offices. Yeah. That's his yeah, big achievement. Yeah, yeah. In all those years in office. Yeah, so he was pretty ineffective. And uh, I, I felt that I could do a better job. And, and I felt that I cared more. The thing that, that frustrates me is you're a business person. You know the value of a dollar. You are very good with people. You've been involved in this stuff your whole life. But you're in a place where our party, and as I'm saying this as a business person myself, is labeled as a party of you know loafers who do nothing, that are just don't understand reality. Uh, can you talk about that for a second and what you experienced here running for office? Well, I, you know, I... Like I said, my ideas are rather progressive. Sometimes they don't align with the business people. Right. And uh, But I found myself in a situation, first of all, I ran my own little company. It was a little tech company in LA for many, many years. And what I did was I trained and developed uh, software programs for large law firms. And I went all over the country, mostly, and did a lot of work to do in what? LA. what? What kind of work to um, do? It was... Monetize or make... Hours more efficient. It was actually all of their search engines. It. it was, you know, their databases. And right. I trained not only the support staff, but also the attorneys. And so every new program, I had to be adept in many, many programs. And uh, I went out and I, you know, I got these gigs and, and I trained with them. And they're, now, you know, it's, there is, a, they have in-house trainers. People are very familiar with stuff, but years ago they weren't. It was different. So, it was um, literally big files that people would have to manually look through, correct? Right, right. Yeah, right and right. so, um, and their so their document management systems right. where I trained a lot of that. But anyway, that was one of that was my business. So, 
Um, but then when we moved back here in 2012, um, I had a family business here. And it was my dad's company, or my, I, we, I was an owner of it with my brothers, but my dad started it. My mom had died in 2010, and I came back and I was going to work in the business. And I eventually became the CEO in 2014, and um, I, am, I should mention that we are one of the last die casting companies standing in all of New York State. There's a couple in New York City, but other than that, we are the last. So look her up. According to the North American <laughs> Casting Association. Look up Pinnacle. Yeah, and, and we are, I am also one of maybe only a handful of women CEOs uh, in this particular field. Right. So it's a man's world I live in. Well, and let's talk about that. Just you not, came to my shop. I did. Yeah. I did, and I thought, I thought this is a tough woman. <laughs> so yeah, with it, all the melting furnaces right. and the molten metal. Right. And <laughs> you. It's also it's difficult for women in politics as well, mm -hmm. and you know that you get less support. Um, there's not a lot of uh, candidates. Uh, can you talk about that for a second, and what you want to see change? Well, part of the reason that I. After I lost that race in 20, 2016, I said to myself, I want to see more women in politics. And so uh, we have actually started a GLOW Women's Group, Women March, here. And the GLOW stands for Genesee, Livingston, Orleans, and Wyoming County. I love that acronym. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, there was the National March, but we started our own chapter of our, uh, to do our own thing, not affiliated with the National Chapter. And we had our first march this year, uh, in very cold day in January, and Michelle Shoneman spoke, and Vanessa Glushevsky, and myself included, and it was uh, only the the brave at heart came out to weather this storm. They canceled most of the other events, yeah, yeah. But you guys went we, ahead we went in, ahead. A, in a blizzard, right? In a, a blizzard. literal blizzard, yes. and you yes. marched. Yes. So why though? Tell me. Because why we do you are think so we yeah. are so underrepresented, and I'm sorry. You know, they, they used to say that, well, when you reach 20%, you've reached um, critical mass or the, the tipping point. That's a tipping point when things start to change, when people, when it starts to make a difference. But um, in this rural area, women aren't 20% of all the boards. Mm -hmm. um, I can name you a couple boards where they're virtually almost all men, maybe one woman. Right. Um, and so... That may be fine in, 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 uh, in larger urban areas, but in this rural area, in the, the GLOW region, um, women are not, um, they don't have a seat at the table. But do you also think it's important for women to get involved now, not, not just because of the traditional reasons for increased representation, but because what we see on a national level and the regression for, the, for certain issues, the objectification of women that's yeah. openly endorsed, the... the the positions and the experience of our president himself. You know, I, I grew up in the 70s and was in college in the 70s and, you know, saw the whole, you know, um, uh, uh, the women's movement, you know, start at that particular point in time and become very active. And um, I, I always thought, well, now's going to be the time. Now, now's our chance. Now's our chance. It's only until... 2016, and then all of the activism that has come out that I really feel now, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna back off anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's up to women. I mean, it's up to all of us. But women need to 
not not back off. And I'm not saying that because many of us did not. Right. But I also think we need to educate some of the women who who don't think that we're um, that there are are any issues. You know, people you think everything's fine and this yeah, is the yeah, way yeah. it is. There's a natural. And they also things. have they also have very. Um, they have they have ideas about for, take Planned Parenthood for instance. Right. You know, sometimes when you go out, all you hear about Planned Parenthood is um, how you know people are having abortions, mm -hmm. and but we have a Planned Parenthood clinic here in Batavia, and we don't do abortions there. But those but we supply health care for women and children and. Uh, Psychological services yes, and yes. all manner of services. And, and people who don't have I, I've met so many women who said. You know, they helped me so much when right. I did not have health insurance. Oh, yeah. So They helped me in my life. And, and so it's yeah. things like that that I'm not sure all women know right. or realize. Right. They just hear one buzzword, abortion, right. and suddenly that's, um, you know, no Planned Parenthood. But they do it's just an enormous service here. Talk about your race in 2016 for a second and what it was like. I'll just ask the question bluntly. Did you feel alone? <laughs> Okay, Nate. <laughs> I think I'd like to hear your answer on this because... Well, I, I, I went in thinking I wasn't going to be alone, right. um, but ultimately I, I was alone. And uh, it was it was very... Um, yeah, it, it, because this is, this is a race, as you well know, where they are absolutely positive the Republicans are going to win. Right. Even the Democrats are positive right. the Republicans are going to win, and uh, so I'm not. I people helped me. Yes, they did help me. All sure. the chairs in all the counties helped me. Um, they were very good uh, about you know giving me as much support as they could. But the, there wasn't. I didn't have the groundswell that. Uh, that after 2016. You needed. Yeah. 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 And, uh -huh. and, and so I remember, I mean, I, and you probably did in the beginning too. I remember going marching in the Genesee County Parade, and it was me, my daughter, and uh, Teresa Schaefer who worked with you. I, I love and it was, her. Yeah. And so it was, it was, you know, two of them carrying the pole, and, you know, the two ends of the pole, and yeah. me in the yeah. front. And it was like nobody else was coming out to march with us. I mean, I'll be honest, it, early in my campaign, it was shocking. I felt at times radioactive. I was like, <laughs> and you go to places and there would be like maybe two yeah. or four people there. Yes, and also you would go to parades and there's just would be no one willing to even carry your sign. Yeah, they'd be like, I'm not going to carry your sign because this is a stupid race. Um, and I went to, I'll tell you a story. I went to an event early in the campaign. I didn't know you. I knew of you, but I didn't know you. I had no connection. Mm. And I was. Exhausted, as you probably were. Yeah, like, yeah. I was exhausted, and I thought I said something about this is really a solitary experience. And you and I, I don't know if you remember, I, I clicked eyes with you, and I was like, I bet she felt the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I talked to you afterwards, and I immediately felt an affinity for you. And I thought, uh, you know, no matter what happens in the future for me, I am going to be supportive of even the races people think don't have a chance. Not, not only the races that we know are sure victories, the difficult races, the races that are difficult but important. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? 
Well, after 2016 and 2017, I was pretty active in uh, uh, campaigning for local candidates, not just in Genesee County, but all across New York 27. In fact, I started a little Facebook group and said, you know, there's I'm New York 27 canvassing uh, caravan is yeah. going out, and I, I hit all eight counties, and I um, canvassed with Brian Nowak, and um, canvassed um, with candidates in Livingston County, in Wyoming County, uh, in all of the counties I hit, and I really, um, and I also gave money to candidates right. too. Right. You know, that's an important part too. So I really worked as hard as I could to make sure that candidates, you know, had support and would get elected. Didn't feel alone. Yeah, didn't feel alone. In 2018, when your race came along, I felt a little differently. It wasn't that I didn't, I, I felt that, you know, it's your race. Right. I didn't want any, not that there would be any comparisons, but I didn't really want somebody saying, well, you know, she lost, what is, what, what is she doing, you know. Well, I, I just didn't want any talk about it, so I sort of kept a very low profile. When asked, though I did, Jane Cameron did. asked me to, to um, do a party with Maggie Ridge, uh, you did. And, and so I did. And, uh, and you were always extremely kind to me, which believe it or not, a lot of people weren't for a long time. Oh. I would go to events and I'd be like, I just, I never met these people before, why are they being rude to me? Mm. And I'm like, why aren't we on the same mm. side? I, I think there's a, there's a fight for resources. And, he's right. and, yes. and I yes. think so, even if you're on the same side politically or ideologically, it's natural to feel some competitive tension across mm -hmm. these many areas and these many yeah. districts, right? Yeah. So, I didn't want to, I, I felt that, that's your race, you know, you'll, you, you don't need me, you know, in the background, so to speak, and if I'm asked to help, I'll help, and I did. Yeah. And, like backseat uh, driving, so to speak. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, but you were yeah. supportive always, I yeah. thought. Yes, I was. And, and you were most gracious to me when um, we had our Genesee County dinner, and uh, you, you know, you said very nice things about me, and my husband and I both appreciated it. It was very nice. Well, very I am appreciative of you. I think you're fantastic. And are you gonna are you gonna move away from politics? It sounds like you're coming back now because you're doing the women's stuff here locally. I'm doing the women's stuff. Um, you know, then certainly nothing in 2019 and nothing in 2020. I don't know. You know, I don't know where I'm going beyond that. Would I like to run for another office again? Yes, I would. But now is not the time. But I think Neither too, is 2020 the time, and I don't know what office it would be. But, but you know, too often I think people, they go into politics, it is miserable. Mm -hmm. If they don't win, either because they're personally exhausted. Yeah. But they, they, didn't you love the campaigning? I liked it. I, I, lo I loved it. Well, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I love meeting people. I'll tell you what I liked about it. I love meeting people. I love talking to people. That's yeah. great. We're, both of us are we're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I love. <laughs> what I didn't like is the constant... You know, needling behind the scenes. Yeah. We're doing this wrong. Yeah, go yeah. there. Like, Everybody's and I, every, every, everyone. Yeah, everyone knows better yeah. than you, but they're not willing to do anything about it. They're not willing to join you in knock doors. Yeah. So, but I got used to it, and mm -hmm. I got my thin, my skin got like thicker over time. Like mm -hmm. I definitely made more tough. But I think a lot of people when they lose, they just disappear. Yeah. Either because the party suddenly finds a new toy, or they're just exhausted. I, I, I think people need to stay involved because like you, you have a name now. 
And you have people that respect you. And people that like you. I like you. People out there like you. Um, I think for the long-term health of the party, especially in the global region, we need you. Right. And, and, and whether it's, you know, you can make change and you don't necessarily have to. One of the things I said at the Women's March in my speech is we, you know, we don't all need to be leaders, but we all need to be participants. Yeah, oh, yes. And, and that, right. I sort of, you know, I, I, I think that we all need to, to be engaged somehow, some way. And you've got a lot, of, a lot of people who really became engaged with your uh, campaign. And are you going to run it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, trying to get I'm desperately it. interested. I'll say this. I think that there's people out there, to the, to the good side of politics, I want to talk about that because you mentioned it. The campaigning is fun. Mm-hmm. And meeting people is fun, and there's so many people that I care about. I have to tell you this interesting story. Go ahead, I'm here. Okay, so so you know Kathy, Kathy Hope. Yep, of course. She is a dynamo. She yeah, is she just is. amazing. So super hard worker. <laughs> this woman, <laughs> yeah. this She's woman, super hard worker. She is amazing, and I was like, you know, you can't beat Kathy. Um, but even though you did, you did beat her in ter- the terms of getting closer to the, the winning the yeah, race. I had some, that. I had some benefits. Yeah, my yeah. guy was in deeper trouble. Then, yeah. Really. <laughs> But uh, so so um, Arnie Lynn, Dr. Matlin, you know Dr. Arnie another, Matlin. Another great. Oh, he yeah. was so terrific. He came aboard my campaign, and he said he did some house parties for Kathy. And I said, uh, so I asked him, would you do them for me? And he said, sure. So he, he and he had it down. I mean, it was a well-oiled machine with Arnie. He just had it all down. What you do, what you don't do, all of this. And he said, so when you come in. Uh, after the after you give your little speech, you sort of shake hands and you leave and get out because you have other parties to go to or you have a quick you move have, on. Yeah, or you're going to be tired the next day right. because you have stuff to do. And but I could that was never my way. That was Kathy's way. Kathy's very good about coming in, Efficient. doing it, fishing it, and getting it, and you know, follow her around the state. Sometime it's yeah. like boom, 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 boom. To her credit, it's amazing. But you're a people person, so you'd want to sit and talk. So, <laughs> yeah. I would like so Millie and I, you know, and we wouldn't be eating all day, you know. So we would be, you know. So after everybody left the party, you know, we'd sit down, we'd have a cup of coffee, we'd have a piece of cake. I talked to people, and I said, "You're supposed to go now." And I would say, "But I'm having such a good time, and I'm meeting all these wonderful people, and I'm making friends here." And then finally, it got to the point where he actually told the house party people, said, all right, she's much different than Kathy. She's going to stay around. That's <laughs> really. You know. But we, we were the last ones at every party. And on the good side of that, that's why so many people still have strong connections for you. Well, I, I, when I went to make the rounds and say thank you after my campaign, I went to all the committees, the, the chairs, um, you know, their Democratic committees. And... I got very verklempt. Right. You know, it Me was too. like I I looked at them and I felt like I let them down terribly. And then, but I these were the people that I actually broke bread with, and I felt so, you know, uh, just so touched that they 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 worked for me. They left right. let me in their homes, and I felt like you know I actually made some incredible friends in New York twenty seven. But do you that see- now? I mean, we go up, we hug, we kiss, we right. you know, it's a. But do you see where we're going? Look, in 2016, it was very, very difficult. We had a better run when I ran. And we won Batavia. Oh, yeah. We, I'm so uh, glad to yeah. We won Batavia, yeah, which so is great. very difficult yeah. to win, as you know. Yeah. We won Batavia by a pretty significant margin. No, you won Batavia. Well, where yeah. we as a team. Yes, yes. So what, what I'm saying about that is I see changes happening. 
people people are right. not just saying I'm going to vote Republican anymore. Mm -hmm. They're willing to look the mm -hmm. other way. And when I visited the DCCC in Washington, they said, Nate, you guys took a deep red district. It's purple. No matter who you're running against, it's purple. Mm -hmm. People crossed over once, yeah. they'll do it again. Yeah. How do we get people to understand that voting for unions, voting for uh, uh, environmental protections, mm -hmm. voting for social security and health care are good for the people of Batavia and beyond? How, what do we do next? Well, I think you have to talk to those things, and you have to talk loudly to those things. I can tell you right now, you, you mess with Social Security in this town, uh, people aren't going to be voting Republican right, anymore. Right, right. So, and look at the taxes that people, that it's already been on the news in the last day or so. People are getting their tax returns. It's sometimes a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars less than what than the average of what they. They thought. suddenly realize how what that bill yeah. actually means, right? And you know, with Collins and all everything, he took away. So, um, it's going to be. So just keep chipping away at it. Yes, keep chipping away at it. Uh, Got to have faith uh, and you know, you can't sit. Yes, get involved. Yeah.